The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hey, what's up, Fantasy Football Today listeners? Long, long show today, more than an hour and 20 minutes. So if you don't have time to listen to the full thing, please check out the time codes that I put in the description. That way you can skip ahead to some of the games that you really need to hear about and learn about the players that you may have questions about. Again, check out those time codes in the description. All right, let's get this show on the road. Here we go. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. All right, not a bad start to the Fantasy Week. Week 14 is underway, and there were a lot of points last night. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Friday edition of fantasy football today adam azer with dave richard and jamie eisenberg how'd we do last night guys went up against ezekiel elliott and Allen robinson in one non PPR league that i'm trying to repeat in bad start tough start but at least i didn't go up against mitchell trubisky like if i had gone up against trubisky and i know the season's over because he had that huge game i i would be catatonic for a month i'd be like <laughs> i sat him dave i sat mitchell trubisky so most people did. Yeah, big, they probably should big mistake. Most people I mean, look, didn't he's, he's 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 playing great. Give him credit. You know, most people would have folded after that start and the shoulder injury, and he's rallied and looks like a much different quarterback, much more confident and playing uh, playing very very well. And he ran the ball ten times for sixty three yards and a touchdown. That was nice. Still not really stretching the field much, but he did a good job. And yeah, we'll talk about Trubisky today on the show. We have nine games to preview, which is. A record, or at least a 2019 record. Most we're going to preview today. We have two AFC leftovers. That would be the Bills, Ravens, and the Chargers, Jaguars. And we so have, everybody uh, listening knows they're go- that we're going for 90 minutes, right? Uh, no, we're going for <laughs> 70, hopefully. So, um, all right. So enough of that. We got some injury stuff. Hey, John, we'll try to beat the waiver wire. Uh, I guess I can declare last night's game a bonanza. Roquan Smith, though, unfortunately, he's probably going to be out for the season. And the Bears' defense is beat up, and the Cowboys' defense is beat up, and it showed last night. So, um, all right, overall takeaways from this game. Uh, I think Trubisky is obviously the big story here with now in four of his last five games, 20 or more fantasy yep, over points. 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now I, here comes <laughs> the Packers in, in week 15. And this is playing at Green Bay is usually where Bears quarterbacks go to die. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I still don't know if I can trust him and call him a surefire top twelve quarterback. Not top twelve. Top twelve? No, 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 no. But he's he's got a chance. If you're certainly like you're happy about it. If you're in two quarterback or super flex league, I mean, this is a dream scenario. If he's been, you know, somebody that you've used as your two or your three, um, depending on how your team looks, it's it's fantastic. So I think with with the go, let's go to the Cowboys real quick here, right? Because it's two games in a row where Dak Prescott has really struggled for three quarters, basically, and then giving you something in the fourth quarter, ended up with 19 fantasy points, which is not going to be a great game, but it's probably not going to bury you. Amari Cooper, 
late touchdown. Michael Gallup had about half his production. Mm-hmm. He had 67 yards in the fourth quarter. Uh, the question, the play that he had, he caught that pass. I think I know the answer, but just to confirm. Then they had the block, the uh, blindside block. Those yards count, right? All the yards count. So Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. he had 67 yards in the fourth quarter, in, um, and he had over 100 yards, 109 for the game. So I guess my question is, like, he got another tough matchup next week with the Rams. How much do you trust? Amari Cooper's hobbling around. You know, Michael Gallup got lucky. Dak Prescott's getting lucky. How much do you trust the Cowboys passing game right now? I mean, at home, you, you feel more comfortable with them. That's where they've typically played better. I think we'll see what happens with the Rams. You know, they're going to have a, a tough game on Sunday night. And so we'll see how that team comes out of it. You know, if there's no injuries, then you, know, you sort of know what the Rams defense is. But I, I think at this point, you know, Dak's a low-end starter. Um, Cooper's more of a number two receiver than a, a top 10 guy. Same thing with Gallup. He's a low-end number two, high-end number three. You just kind of treat them as you have been. You're not benching Zeke if you get to the semifinals oh, in no. your fantasy league. No, Zeke had his uh, his best non-PPR game, his, I think, third best full PPR game. He had his longest run of the year, and it was 31 yards. And it, he had a 30-yard run last week. Longest streak of his career without a 100-yard game, five games in a row. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, he looked he looked great on the opening drive, but you know, look, he's scoring yep. enough, he's doing enough. Uh you're not complaining about Zeke, but it hasn't been that year. And I think the fact that it, the longest run of the season for him is 31 yards is pretty telling. Just hasn't been that kind of year for him. Uh Dave, anything else with the Bears? Okay, Allen Robinson's on fire right now. David Montgomery was solid. He had 20 carries, didn't score, but 20 carries for 86 yards. Um you know, Cohen is what he is. So thoughts? Uh, Anthony Miller scored too. That was nice. He was Anthony Miller, the home. touchdown saved his game yeah. because he didn't get nearly as many targets as we thought he would, or as many catches as bad we thought too. he would. He had a bad drop, and the Bears had a lead. They were playing with a lead, so there there wasn't uh, a need to throw a ton, and he didn't get a ton of targets anyway. Just over ten percent of the target share. I believe the prop bet on him was over fifty yards, and he did not hit. And it was four catches, which also did not. Yeah, he had four <laughs> targets. Caught three of them yeah. for 42 yards at a touchdown, so at least he's productive when he's getting the ball. Uh, is he, you know, is he... Who's more of a priority, you think, right now? Mitchell Trubisky or Anthony Miller? Miller. I oh. guess it's Miller, but it's... it, it I, Like, I can't quantify it in any other way than by saying, if you need a quarterback, Trubisky's going to be an option next week. If you need a PPR receiver, maybe Miller will be one of the guys you look at. Oh, I'll love Miller next week. Sure. I mean, I'm the matchup against Green probably Bay. Probably chasing points. Well, we yeah, got to see if Gabriel I, I plays, so. right? I, I, you I know, at this mattered. point, yeah, at this point, I think he's it, earned it. It, it, it. You know, again, Gabriel's obviously been in and out of the lineup, but it's almost identical to the time that they put Trey Burton on IR. You know, it's just not having any semblance of consistent tight end play. Now, Horstead, you know, had some nice moments last night, but... Holtz did, too. Um, it's just... And now, you know, we'll see what Wims, if, if he's... Right. He's healthy. locked into playing time. Miller's going to play. Yeah, but he's hurt. Oh, oh, Miller. Sorry, I thought you meant Wims. Yeah, um, right. Wims is not. Yeah, last thing on this game, you know, about a month ago or so, I did the I did an episode, a Wednesday show, Dave and Jamie weren't on it, and we talked about the, the players that had the best matchups going forward and basically in their fantasy playoffs, and the one tight end that had the best matchups was Trey Burton, and we had a nice laugh about it because it was completely useless. They, they're getting the tight ends a little bit more involved here. They had two of them with the... Four, three or four catches, 36, 56 yards. And their next two matchups are against Green Bay and Kansas City, who give up the fifth and the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends. 
could be a deep league flyer or something like that, but you know, probably not. But I guess we'll, we'll talk about you, it on Tuesday. We should we should mention the running backs. Uh, Montgomery had an, you know the empty game. <laughs> um, you know, solid solid running the ball, but no catches or not not a lot of work in the passing. I think no catches. He had one no target. Catches. Um, yep. and uh, and a fumble. You know, so yeah, six points in non PPR. And Tariq Cohen across the board was mild in PPR. Six catches, but only for twenty four receiving yards, thirty one total yards. I think he's had now Tariq Cohen four more catches uh, and twenty three to thirty five receiving yards in five straight games. So like, where where's the yak? But he's giving you something yeah. of a floor. He's, right. he's become like a little outlet guy for yeah. Trubisky, and he's not breaking any passes. But kudos, David Montgomery, over four yards per carry. Hey, yeah, the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys are really bad in the middle right now. They're not playing with a nose tackle, a linebacker, and their safety, Jeff Heath, kind of showed. And then playing, playing Jalen Smith on Allen Robinson in the red zone. Good job. <laughs> he did a good job. I mean, that was a great catch. But yes, uh, three three targets. They in went the row after right him with Smith. wins too. Yep. Yeah. Okay, a few things to promote here. We'll do the news and notes. We'll get into some stats. We'll get into the games. Hey, vote vote for Jamie, everybody. Rock the vote. Jamie, what am I talking about? Um, I don't even know. Um, it's the Fantasy Sports Trade Association. Gaming. Gaming, Gaming Association. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, um, this is great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be the Trade Association, right? Or is that a different? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> hey, listen, vote uh, for Jamie. Give us the details. I'm trying to find it. Oh, um, clearly this means a lot. Well, it does. Obviously, you want to. Um, you know, I, I appreciate being recognized. Um, I, I was nominated for fantasy analyst of the year, so I appreciate that. Didn't and you win it last year? I won the FSWA. Um, ah, oh, that was. Uh, right. But that was a different one. <laughs> Uh, I'll find it. One second. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Listen, follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisenberg, J-A-M-E-Y. He'll tweet you can, it out you can you. You can vote at judgeifyme.public slash voting dash voting dot slash FSGA. There you go. I don't know. Follow him on Twitter. It's a very impressive list of candidates, and I am honored to be among them. And so I appreciate any votes. I will tweet it out. I vote. Those of you too. To vote. Thank I'm you. not going to tell you who I voted for, but I did vote. Uh, we have a FanDuel contest that I have submitted a wonderful lineup for, which I'll tell you about on HQ today. Go to FanDuel.com slash league slash FFT. If you have a question this weekend, you can ask us on Twitter with the hashtag AskFFT. Get that going. AskFFT hashtag. And if you're hungry, go to OmahaSteaks.com and type in FFT in the search bar. OmahaSteaks.com FFT in the search bar. Great package of food for you there. All right, let's do some news and notes. Dalvin Cook is going to play and be close to 100%, according to Mike Zimmer. He's getting the Lions. Is it all systems go for Dalvin Cook? Where is he ranked for you? He's still a top 12 running back. You have to hesitate a little bit on using him, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think he's going to play. I would imagine he's going to get close to 15 touches. If you're telling me Dalvin Cook is going to get 15 touches against the Lions, I'm starting him. Okay, he's not just top 12. He's top 8. For you guys, so Dalvin Cook start him um, up and yeah. Pete Prisco spoke to somebody in their organization, and they told him that uh, he's going to play, but they still have to monitor him. So I'm still concerned that this is you know one shot to the chest area, shoulder area, and he's not getting his full allotment of touches. And you also have to wonder about how the game flow goes, assuming that the Vikings have a chance to play with a lead in the second half. Do they decide? 
right? You've done enough. Hopefully he's been a big part of why they have a lead. But at, at this point, if the, you know, we get to Sunday and Dalvin Cook is active, unless we hear something different that he's not starting, not going to, you know, be the, the normal workload that we see, you have to play. Yeah. So I guess I still think Madison's a flex, though, because I, I expect him to get probably more work than we've seen when both guys have been healthy. I guess like a few names that come to mind that you may have, you know, picked up or drafted late or some or you know, okay. Austin Eckler, um, Devontae Freeman, who's got a great matchup, Miles Sanders. Would you start any of them over Dalvin Cook? Not if he's active. You know, I, again, uh, if we hear nothing from this point forward, no workload limitations, pain tolerance is going to be a problem, you know, any of those things. As long as we keep hearing, I'm playing, he's playing, you know, all those things, you have to trust that, that that's the case. Cool. So, you know, I, I think it's funny because the responses I get anytime I tweet something from one of the uh, Vikings beat writers, it almost feels as if more people want him to sit from the standpoint of you don't want to be in a situation where he leaves the game early because yeah. we got lucky last week with the touchdown. And the, the people who picked up or have already handcuffed Cook with Madison, I think would like to see Madison with a full workload. I would I would also recommend making sure he's active on Sunday morning. It sounds like it's going to be the case, but just in case the Vikings don't do it, I'd like to know about it so I can adjust my lineups accordingly. Sure. All right, Daryl Williams is on IR, and Damian Williams missed practice. So mm-hmm. we talked a lot about LaShawn McCoy yesterday. Please check that episode out. Josh Jacobs missed practice. Do you think he plays? Yes, but I'd go pick up DeAndre Washington if you have an open roster spot. Yeah, it's not a it's not a one hundred percent certainty here for Jacobs, but you know he's been on the injury. He's got to practice on Friday, Adam. Yeah. Um, Marlon Mack practiced in full, so we expect him, right? Yep, yep. Tough matchup at Tampa Bay. We'll, we'll preview this game, but just real quick, like Marlon Mack, start or sit? He's a number three running back in non PPR and a low end one in full PPR. Mm-hmm. James Connors out. Benny Snell or Marlon Mack? Snell. No. Yeah, Snell's got a, an excellent matchup. Adam Thielen has a good opportunity to play, according to Mike Zimmer. All right, we'll preview that game, Minnesota and Detroit. Golden Tate, practice in full. Evan Ingram was limited in practice. Um, just because you practice in full, you still have to clear the concussion protocol. But right now, are you assuming that Tate and Ingram play for the Giants? Ingram is actually still limited, which is a little troubling that he's been out so long and everything seemed to be trending in the right direction. So just keep an eye on that one, especially with a Monday night game. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you are trusting Ingram, maybe just put Caden Smith on your bench if you can, just in case there's a, you know, pregame warm up situation or we get to Sunday and, you know, he's not 100 percent. But he seems like he's going to play uh, Tate. Same thing. All righty. Uh, Odell Beckham not committing to Cleveland. Let's see how that goes over. But, you know, we oh, he tweeted. He just tweeted about 15 minutes ago that he loves Cleveland. Oh, great. Uh, Greg Olson missed practice, not expecting him. Austin Hooper <laughs> was limited in practice, but we are expecting Hooper, right? Yes. Yep. Jamal Williams has a knee issue. Would be nice for Aaron Jones if Jamal Williams would get out of there. Um, Tom Brady was on the injury report with toe and elbow issues. Any concerns about Brady? He said yesterday or Wednesday, I believe, that at this point in the season, he's just happy to be playing. (laughs) Oh, what an inspiring thing to say. (laughs) Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster unlikely to play. And do you expect the following guys who are on the injury uh, injury list? Marquise Brown at Buffalo. Yes. Yes. Mike Williams at Jacksonville. Yes. Nelson Aguilar against the Giants. 
Who cares? I'll yes. tell you why you might want to care. Uh, the Jaguars wide receivers and the Atlanta wide receivers. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find this stat quickly, but my God, I think it's 11 wide receivers against the Giants in their last five games have done something. I just can't remember exactly what the number is, but it's <laughs> You've huge. You've done something. Uh, is it oh, I got get it. five targets, drop it. two of them, and then catch three for 20 yards? Because okay. that's what Nelson Aguilar is going to do. 11 wide receivers in their last five games have had 13, uh, no, have had seven or more non-PPR fantasy points, and 10 wide receivers in the Giants' last five games have had 13 or more PPR fantasy points. So... You could tell me that you got the newspaper from Monday's game or from Tuesday and you could see the box score and Nelson Aguilar scored a touchdown and I still wouldn't feel good about starting him. Okay. Well, it was only one catch for one yard, a touchdown, Dave. So, so there you go. Uh, all right. Plenty of tickets available. Actually, maybe not. It's a big game for the Eagles. So if you want to go to the game or any game or any concert, comedy theater, whatever going? it is, uh, it's in Philadelphia. Uh, so. No, not I'm not far. going. But I am considering going to the... It's your guy. You can take a train. I'm considering going to the Week 17 game since, you know, it's Week 17. Maybe I'll go. It's Giants-Eagles home game, so maybe I'll go. And you know what I'm using if I go, right? I'm using the SeatGeek app. Save 10 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code FFT. Again, the promo code is FFT for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase, and it's a great app. It just it brings tickets in from all over the web, grades them based on value. You can see the best prices, you can see the best deals, the deal score. It's just it's very easy to use, easy to find the tickets that fit your budget and the ones that are going to get you to the game. You can stop searching for tickets and start enjoying that live event that you want to go to. Love SeatGeek, been recommending it, been using it for several years now. It's getting bigger and bigger and over 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store. So get in on the party here, download the SeatGeek app, and use the promo code FFT. Again, the promo code is FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. I'll give you a stat. You tell me how you feel about this player involved in the stat. Kyler Murray, uh, only two quarterbacks all season have scored. Oh, no, sorry. Only two quarterbacks since week three um, against Pittsburgh have scored more than 18 fantasy points. Those who have not, Lamar Jackson, Philip Rivers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield in one of two games. Uh, how do you feel about Kyler Murray? Sit. I would sit. I would prefer to sit. He he falls below Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. There's a Ryan Fitzpatrick line. Oh, I see. And he's below it. Uh, how about this stat? Jimmy Garoppolo, his passer rating in his last five games, 136.9, 66.2, bad game against Seattle, 115.4, 145.8, 110.2, twice against Arizona, once against Green Bay, once against Baltimore. He's been over 110 passer rating in four or five games, and now he faces the Saints. Could I give you some other numbers? Sure. 10, 22, 36, 11, 36. Those are his last five games worth of fantasy points. We don't get fantasy points for quarterback rating. Well, we get three good games in those five, though. Yeah, and a lot of them were easy opponents. This is not going to be one of them. Well... Uh, okay, you know, really, it's it's pass attempts too, because he's throwing like twenty twenty passes each of his last two games, like right around there. You know, they want to run. Can they run on New Orleans, or is he going to have to throw a little bit more? You know, it, but you don't like Garoppolo. You have him outside the top twenty. He's um, also below the Harry Fitzpatrick line. <laughs> how about this one, Alvin Kamara? Here, it, here are his sixteen game paces: two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen. He played only fifteen games last year. Uh. Within 50 yards of each other, about 
1,650 yards this year, 1,698 total yards last year. More yards per carry this year, 4.7 to 4.55, but on pace for four touchdowns this year, 19 touchdowns last year. But what I really wanted to highlight was that Alvin Kamara is actually on almost the same exact total yards pace as he was last year. So I know he feels who, like a bust, but it's just it's just uh, it's just touch. Well, I mean, you know, it's I'll go back to what I said a few weeks ago. It, it, he's going to be such an amazing value on draft day next year. I still think he's got first round pick potential. Oh, he's absolutely a first round pick. But you're talking about you know, there's going to be probably somebody. I don't know how it's going to be ranked, but puts Josh Jacobs ahead of Alvin Kamara or um, Nick Chubb ahead of Kamara. You know, with Kareem Hunt not there and. Uh, you know, or it gets drafted that way. You know, I, I'll take Kamara over those guys um, for sure. Okay. Who has more fantasy points in non PPR this year, Kamara or Joe Mixon? Kamara. I'm gonna guess Mixon. Kamara by three points. Yeah, that's um, close. But Mixon's been gross. But listen, the 49ers are amazing against pass catching running backs. Does that bother you at all with Kamara? Don't they allow a high catch rate but low? Yards per catch. Oh, uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think they allow the fewest. Or the I'm second pretty sure. Fewest. I think it's like an 83 percent catch rate, which is high for to running backs. Usually, it's right around 75. 83 is high, but it's not for a lot of yards. All right, uh, you're still going to start him, right? That's my question. Probably so. Yep. Yeah. All right, Devontae Freeman has had mostly tough matchups this year, but not this week. And Devontae Freeman's had, in my opinion, really two. Really good matchups. In those games, he had 16 carries and 19 carries for 88 yards. Do we like him or love him against Carolina? Uh, like. Love. Love. Like. Okay, like, I love, like. I started Saquon Barkley. Woo! I can't do that, but I think it's pretty close in PPR between those two. Okay, how about this? Minnesota has allowed 100 yards or a touchdown to 16 wide receivers in 12 games. They're facing Detroit this week. Kenny Galladay's only had four to five targets in three straight games. Starter sit Kenny Galladay. Start him. Uh, low end starter flex. I mean, you know, I, I don't think uh, as bad as the Vikings secondary is, I don't think they'll fall down or just let him run past them like Prince Mukamara did. It's just the, the targets are so frustrating. But I think you're going to see them have to throw a lot. And the defense has got to be tired, man. They played 75 snaps on Monday night. And I just I think you're going to see a lot more targets for for Tate and for Galladay, and there's no Hawkinson, so target share could go up for, for those Tate. Two. For Tate, I'm sorry for Jones. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking slot receivers. My bad. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, oh, he was basically invisible in the second half. You know, Kenny Galladay. So I don't know. I think it's, it's like yeah, they solved the David Blau. To they solved Blau. Since Matthew maybe. Stafford has gone down, his targets have been so frustrating. Nine, five, four, you know, five, so. or something. Yeah, right. four games. And he's scored against the Bears twice. Jacoby Brissett, my last stat here. When Marlon Mack has rushed for 51 or fewer yards, Jacoby Brissett has scored 21, 27, and 35 fantasy points. Uh, it could easily happen again this week against Tampa Bay. They could struggle to but run the ball. But wouldn't you say the, 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 the team? Because Mack has missed two games? Uh, yeah, but in the two games he missed, they ran... They, they ran well, but this I'm just saying, this game against Tampa Bay, Marlon, they might struggle to run the ball. When they've struggled to run the ball, Brissett's done pretty well. Uh, so, you no, know, no, I'm, I'm, it's a Porsche case. It's a Porsche case because he was really their, their run game was really good against Houston, and Brissett was bad. Yeah, 
Right, exactly. They ran the ball like 26 times or something with, with Williams alone. All right, beat the waiver wire real quick for week 15. If the Packers defense... Well, actually, they're playing the Bears, so I don't know that that's that good of a matchup anymore. Uh, the matchup that's really interesting is the Giants and Dolphins and whether or not you want to pick up Fitzpatrick or maybe Eli Manning or maybe Daniel Jones if he's back, if you want to pick up one of the DSTs. Um, Patrick Laird. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, if anyone drops the Patriots, <laughs> DST, you get them. They got the Bengals. Um, just taking my first glance now, I apologize at this beat the waiver wire. Sorry about that. Um, Eagles DST, if anyone dropped them, they are at the Redskins. And I'd look at both Raiders running backs because if they lose and they fall out of playoff contention and Jacobs is playing with a fractured shoulder. Home against Jacksonville. Yep. How about Raheem Mostert? I know we're not going to really trust him this week, but he's got Atlanta at home next week. Atlanta's struggles against good. If running he's backs. the guy, you could right. Well, that's I think he's worth him. stashing right. just in case, just to see what happens this week. That's right. the Tevin Coleman revenge game. And Benny Snell's still available in some leagues, and he's got Buffalo, so you can take a look at that. Uh, looking for some DSTs that might be good here. Cleveland, well, you mentioned the at Arizona. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. That feels like a bounce back game for Kyler. Tampa Bay at Detroit. I don't know about that, but maybe. Looks like most of the good DSTs are going to be owned. I think you're going to be looking at the the Giants and the Dolphins, and I think that what that's about the Chiefs against the Broncos? Chiefs oh, I are like a very that good one. one. I, 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 like I picked them up in a couple of leagues as well. Uh, I think you can maybe get away with the Bills if they were dropped because yeah. you know Devlin Hodges in a primetime game, even though it's at home. The Buffalo defense is still great, and we could be looking at a situation where if the Chiefs win this game and Buffalo upsets Baltimore, they're playing for the division. Yeah, all right, it could easily happen. All right, let's go to the games. Here we go, San Francisco at New Orleans. Uh, here's a stat for you. I gave you a stat about the the Niners. They allow the fewest receiving yards to running backs and no receiving touchdowns. Now, here are the teams they've played, by the way. Think about the pass-catching running backs on these teams. Pittsburgh, Cleveland with before Hunt, but still Chubb was doing that. Carolina, McCaffrey. Arizona twice, Seattle, Green Bay, and they still have not given up a receiving touchdown to a running back all year. So for me, that's more of a FanDuel thing with Kamara. I'm, I can't imagine anyone sitting Kamara in seasonal leagues. Uh, but here's another stat, Dave. The Saints have allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in 5 of 12 games, 79 or more yards to a wide receiver in 9 of 12 games, but all of those wide receivers had 9 or more targets. Do you think there's a San Francisco wide receiver that could have a good game? Or will have a good game. Uh, well, let's start with the nine target number. I don't know if there's one that can even get to nine targets. Right. Uh, Kittle, but that's not a wide receiver. I like the way Debo Samuel's been playing, so I would trust him ahead of Emmanuel Sanders, but I think he's a flex at best. All righty. So if we start with the Niners, you're sitting Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's just not throwing. He's thrown 20 and 21 passes in his last two games. See if they can run the ball. They certainly did against the Ravens, but they're going to try to do that. Is it is it so easy? Like, if people ask me, this guy or a 49ers running back, in pretty much every situation, I think I'm going to go with the other guy, right? Like, 100%. Why would you start any of them? But if you were going to start one, who would it be? I would, I would, yeah. Just with the hot hand approach. But, I mean, uh, Benny Snell, better than Mostert. Yep. Patrick Laird, better than Mostert. In PPR. Uh, in both, for me. I mean, I'll, I'll take my chances that he's he scored the same amount of rushing touchdowns as Mostert did last week. So, um I, I just you don't know what the touches are going to be when when everybody's been healthy. Mostert's been clearly an afterthought. Will that continue? I hope not. I mean, 
Coleman's been so bad and Breed has been kind of like the swing guy, no matter who's been playing where he's just been taking touches away from everybody. So I think if you're the 49ers, you probably keep the same approach. One series for each guy, whoever looks the best, maybe you ride that guy. But I can't imagine anybody getting more than 12 total touches. It's just kind of strange because, you know, you look at the 49ers and they have one of the top scoring offenses in the NFL and the Saints have a solid defense. They're not, you know, they're not the best defense, but they're solid. Is there more than one guy your confidence started? Is it just George Kittle for the for the Niners? Yeah, it's it's very similar to Baltimore. Baltimore has obviously a great offense and the quarterback is going to win the MVP. You can't say with any confidence and, and probably includes Mark Andrews, aside from the fact that the position he plays that you feel confident with any of these guys. And with the running backs for the 49ers, their run offense is fantastic. Can't feel confident about any of these guys. Yeah. Okay, so is Kittle, do you have any concerns about Kittle? Or, you know, bad game last week. Saints allowed the no, eight fewest fantasy tight ends. I, I think when you've got a stud tight end like that, you just roll him out each week and, and you hope for the best. There's too much upside there. You're this, not benching him, but this ankle injury is concerning. You know, the fact that he's playing through a broken bone in his ankle. <laughs> yeah, You know, for sure. He's He's... Probably, you know, 90% of what he typically is health-wise. And so that's probably dinged him a little bit in, in terms of some of the plays he's made. Does it mean, back to the running backs in San Francisco, does it mean anything to you that the Saints have allowed three receiving touchdowns inside the 10 to running backs in their past four games? If there was one guy that you could hang your hat on, then yes, but there isn't. Yeah, it's Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> right. Uh, it, um... it could be. That's ridiculous, but... Now, that's not going to help anybody, but yeah. Would you start a Jets wide receiver over I, both Jets wide receivers over both 49ers wide receivers? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's go to the Saints. Let's talk about Drew Brees here. Did a little little digging back in, in time here for his, the last time he has faced <laughs> great pass defenses at home. And there were two examples in 2016 where he faced the Bears and the Seahawks, I believe. No, Bears and the Broncos, pardon me. And uh, he came through with good games there. So this was 2016, 22 points against... Okay, it was Seattle. It was Seattle and the Broncos in 2016. It was the Bears in 2017. Those were like kind of elite pass defense that he faced. So 22 fantasy points against Seattle, 26 fantasy points against Denver. Denver's pass defense was sick that year in 2016. 2017... He only scored 11 fantasy points against the Bears, but that was kind of the story of his year. He was 23 of 28, 299 yards, didn't throw a touchdown. So I would say he played pretty well in all three of those games. Remember, 2017, he just had bad touchdown luck. He threw 23 touchdown passes. Um, so here we go. You know, Drew Brees, does he get to 20 points? Does he get to 25 points? Where does he fall on, in a six-point per passing touchdown league? Probably 20 points. You know, I, I think that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for what Dak gave you, you know, 18 points. Um, it's it's not going to be easy for him. And as we've seen, since essentially he got hurt with Teddy Bridgewater, they're not the same offense. He's not the same explosive player. The yards per attempt are not the same. The downfield throws are not there. We've seen very few explosive plays from Traquan Smith and Ted Ginn. Uh, Jared Cook's had some drops, you know, if you go back to the game Thursday night with some downfield throws. You know, it's basically dinking and dunking their way down the field, which has been fantastic for Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara with their PPR numbers, but it's just not the same offense. And so against a great defense, even at home, you know, I, I still think he'll fall into good numbers. I just don't think it'll be great numbers. I got to disagree with that because he's given you at least 275 yards in three of five games since he's On how many back. attempts? 
43, 35, and 39. He's been at okay, at least so his 30 yards attempts. per attempt have not been good. No, it hasn't been great. So well, I mean, been... listen, he's got one with 7.9. He's got one with 8.6, and then there's three below seven, which isn't good. But he also has three touchdowns in three of his past five. So it hasn't been this whole huge body of work where Drew Brees sucks. And I just, I think about suck. last week. No, he doesn't suck. He's, I agree. He's playing very well, but it's just not, I, it's, it's factoring everything. It's factoring in the way that this offense has performed and facing the 49ers defense. Last week, he should have had three touchdowns again, and he didn't because guys were dropping passes on him. You can't put that on Breeze. I think he's got good upside. I think you have to realize that the floor is pretty serious, though, and the floor could be as bad as 16 points, and that's why I have a hard time putting him in my top 12. Okay, Fitzpatrick or Breeze? Breeze. Fitzpatrick. That's easy for me. It's easy for me. Okay. Well, they're, the they're, for they're Fitzpatrick fairly close that's, to that's the rankings, be fun. though. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's 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 clearly a tough decision for people. But, you know, you look at, again, body of work, and Fitzpatrick's been a better fantasy quarterback in the last five games. Uh, okay, how about... He's been better in the last two for sure. Last five. I'm not. He has more fantasy points in the last five than Breeze? But every game okay. in that five-game stretch? No, 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 not every no. game. No, well, it's, like it's weighted, you know. Like, they've both been up and down. This is the problem with both of these Right, guys. but the fact that you're, we're talking about Drew Brees and Ryan Fitzpatrick, That's and one true. has an easy layup of a matchup and one has a, one and, difficult on the table, you know, this case, I'll, I'll, I'll play matchup. And to your credit... Fitzpatrick, we know, is going to throw the ball a lot. There's not much of a chance of Fitzpatrick having 30 or fewer pass attempts. Yeah. I, he, You know, I, I pretty much just look at Drew Brees only in his home games. When he's at home, I only look at his home games. And he had a dud against Atlanta, which was weird. He still threw for 287 in that game. But other than that, he's been really good at home. 24, 30, and 28 fantasy points. And he should have had more than 24 in week one. Latavius Murray had that drop that was a pick at, like, the five-yard line. So... You know, it'll be an interesting call. He's not an outright sit. He's like a top 15 guy. Um, yeah, he is He is sitting on the beard line. Yeah, all right. But Heath has him 22nd. In terms of the rest of the Saints, you're going to start Kamara. Yeah. You're going to start Michael Thomas. And Jared Cook. How Do you like Jared Cook this week? He's in the top 10. Yeah. Okay. Would you start Jack Doyle or Jared Cook? Doyle. Doyle. Yeah, great matchup there. Would you start... Doyle uh, started the week as my number one PPR tight end. Dude, I have $800 left in FanDuel, and I can upgrade from Doyle to Kelsey, and I'm not sure yeah, I want to do, do it. Yeah, you don't want to do it, right? <laughs> right. I get that. I, yeah, I'd rather spend the 800 elsewhere, I think, because Doyle could be that good. He's going to be probably the most popular tight end. Uh, how about yeah. Gasicki, um, Ryan Griffin, Jared Cook? Cook over those guys. I got Gasicki over Cook in PPR. Okay. Non-PPR, I think it, Cook makes sense. Yeah, look, the, the Niners give up the fewest fantasy points to tight ends, but you just have to look. They really haven't been tested, and they haven't been great when they have been tested, so I'm not sure they're great against tight ends. They're probably good, but uh, the DST is not the best week for them. You can find better options. Let's go to the Chargers and the Jaguars. So I mentioned this yesterday. The Jaguars or the Chargers see the fewest pass attempts per game in the NFL. Teams want to run all over them, but the run defense has gotten a lot better since Ingram came back. And the Jaguars keep getting blown out, and they've thrown 41 or more passes in four straight games. They've lost all four by 17 or more points. So we sort of debated Gardner Minshew yesterday. I'll let you guys just give a quick word on Minshew. Um, you know, Heath likes him a lot. How do you feel about Gardner Minshew? Don't love him. I mean, I could see 17, 18 points. Um, the Chargers have been very good against opposing quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, they did give up the two touchdowns to Cortland Sutton last week, and they still kept Drew Locke in check. Uh, it just, I, I don't think that, 
because of what Minshew's body of work was earlier this season. You know, he started to tail off before he was benched. The game against the Panthers in London was a, you know, a, a really dismal performance for him. And uh, excuse me, the Texans in London. And um, it uh, it sort of set off some bells and whistles that he's not. He still has a long way to go, you know, so um, he's he's OK. You know, I think he's he's a good quarterback in two quarterback leagues. He's a good super flex option. Um, but I, I think the Chargers are going to, you know, hold the ball, dominate time of possession, and I don't think it's going to be a pretty game for the Jaguars offensively. Okay, so it sounds like you'd take Breeze over Minshew. Yes, yes, and Darnold and Fitzpatrick and Tannehill, all those guys. All right, let's talk about the running backs because we have three starts in this game. But Leonard Fournette, let's face it, he's been a little disappointing in non-PPR in three of his last four games, and score has a lot to do with that. It's like I said, they they keep getting blown out. And in the last four games uh, against the Chargers, running backs were averaging just 3.43 yards per carry. So how would you rank the three running backs in this game? Spoiler alert, Melvin Gordon's going to be in all of my FanDuel lineups. Yeah, everybody's. <laughs> I get that. I've got Fournette ranked in the top 10. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. They're all great. Uh, well, uh, Eckler in non I'd go. Know, but... I'd go Gordon, Fournette, Eckler in both formats. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sure. Fournette catches so many passes. Yep. So Eckler, could you start him over Saquon Barkley? Uh, I would in PPR. I PPR, think you not, get away not, with not PPR. That. Yep, I've got him ahead of Saquon. All right. So how about uh, you? Don't have any interest in Philip Rivers, right? Nope. I'd love to like have dinner with him and let him know just what the last <laughs> fifteen or so years have been like for me. Shake his hand again. That'd be cool. This feels but no, like a, no interest in starting him in a in an actual fantasy football league. I'll pass. Feels like a lot of a lot of rush attempts for the Chargers. Now, the wide receivers. Th- these are this is a really interesting group of three, four to five wide receivers. Basically, um, break it down. Chargers guys and the Jaguars guys. Who do you like? I like Keenan Allen. You know, I, I think he'll have a, a good enough game that you should feel comfortable starting him. And he's really the only one. Um, I mean, Mike Williams obviously has been so tough to trust. Uh, he's an okay number three receiver. And I feel the same thing about DJ Chark. I, I think he's, um, you know, borderline starter at best. We've seen the secondary play really well over the course of the season. And while Cortland Sutton did have the two touchdowns last week, uh, Chark's numbers have been up and down. Clearly most of that has been with Nick Foles over the last three games. But um, I, I don't think he's a slam dunk automatic play in this matchup with how the secondary has performed over the course of the season. And then last week, you know, getting their two safeties back. I think that's going to be hard for him to make some plays over the top down the field. And I'm a little worried about Westbrook because I felt like he was a better receiver with Foles than with Minshew. It just comes down to how much of a gunslinger Minshew is going to be. If he's going to keep attacking downfield, that's great for Chark. They completed 11 of 16 deep passes together. That's a good thing and, the, and a reason to be mildly interested in Chark. But I, I I can't feel good about Westbrook as anything more than a full PPR flex. Yeah, he's much better in PPR than non-PPR. You know, the fact that he scored last week is encouraging, but, you know, the the numbers are, he's he's clearly been a better possession receiver than he has been, you know, in terms of yeah. a lot of big plays. I mean, he, Westbrook is really getting a lot of targets, and it hasn't really mattered who the quarterback has been. And the thing about the Chargers... I'm fine with him as, as, a, as a number three receiver in PPR, but non-PPR, it's a little tougher to trust. Would you, would you start Chark or Westbrook? I'd start Chark still. There's there's more upside with him, you know, with Minshew especially. Yeah, but so much downside. I mean, DJ Chark has less than has ten or fewer PPR fantasy points in five of his last seven games. 
I just want to point out on Westbrook, he's got a 73.7% catch rate with Foles and a 59% catch rate with wow. Minshew. Interesting. Now he's got not two that touchdowns many with games Minshew with and zero no. with Foles. Yeah. I know, but just the fact that Foles, Foles just seemed to find him better. Right, Foles is checking down to him. He's not trying to attack downfield nearly as much. He struggled doing that with Chris Conley. No wonder why Foles is on the stupid bench. The thing with Westbrook's season is interesting because, you know, if you look at it, he was really starting to play very well before the shoulder injury became a problem. Right before they played, it was the game before they played in London. So that was week eight when he got hurt against the Jets. In three of his previous four games that, it was 11, 15, 17 PPR points. So he was, and his targets were eight or more in all four of those games. And then he had the shoulder injury, came back. The first game with Foles wasn't very encouraging. His last two, though, 17 targets, 13 catches, 170 yards and a touchdown. And for what it's worth, Minshew hit him for the touchdown last week. Yeah, and the thing is, the Chargers see the fewest targets from wide receivers. So it's a little difficult to judge their pass defense, and they're down one of their starting cornerbacks. We did mention they're getting their safe, they got their safeties back, but you know, there are not a lot of wide receivers that are getting eight to nine targets against the Chargers. So if Westbrook continues to do that, we'll see. You know, it's it's tough. We're going to get a lot of questions about them. So maybe it's just a running back game, you know, and that's what I'm thinking. Most people are starting DJ Chark, and they probably should because again, yeah. you see what the upside is, and he's probably gotten you here for big reason because of where you drafted him or picked him up off waiver. Fair. So it just comes down to what you have on your team. Like you're playing guys like Devontae Parker over him, Jarvis Landry, you know, those those caliber of, of how, wide receivers. About, like I, I play Will Fuller over him, for example. How about the Seattle sure. running backs, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny versus uh, DJ Chark and DJ and, D, and DD Westbrook? I mean, Carson's easy just because there's an, enough of body work there. And if you want to buy into what Penny's done the last two weeks, it's it's certainly a strong enough argument to do so. Again, I don't think most people will do that, and probably in PPR it's easier to stick with Chark. But you know, look look what Penny's done the last two games. He's been explosive, and they're trusting him. How about Philip Lindsay? Last one, Philip Lindsay or DJ Chark? Chark for me. Chark for me, too. Okay. I think that's it. Hunter Henry is a, is an easy start. And how much do you like the Chargers DST this week? I think they're a good start. Mm-hmm. You know, their their pass rush is going to be a problem for, for Minshew. Would and if he's start, jumping in the pocket again, then... Sorry. W- would you start them over the Saints or Niners? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you can take a look at them on FanDuel. Just, just, just in, in terms of uh, Chark. The Chargers, Allen Robinson, 5 for 62. Adams, 7 for 41. Devonta Adams. Tyrell Williams, 3 for 25. Those are just some receivers they face since week 9. I know. That's why, that's why I'm nervous about DJ Chark, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Agreed. Yeah. So, all right. But uh, last week, not so good with, with, again, one of their starting cornerbacks suspended. Not their best one, I don't think, but still a starter. Uh, all right. So, look, season's winding down. Maybe you're out of the playoffs. Maybe this week you're in and you... Unfortunately, might lose. Maybe you're out. You want to play more? FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel. Start playing on FanDuel and use uh, and sign up at FanDuel.com/fft. And again, the contest we run is at FanDuel.com/league/fft. But if you haven't signed up, you put in twenty bucks, you get twenty back. You get five dollars a week for four weeks. FanDuel.com/fft. And by the way, it continues into the postseason. We're going to be giving you FanDuel advice during the uh, the playoffs, not the fantasy postseason, but, you know, the actual NFL postseason. And you can play just like a one-game contest, like Dave and Jamie had a bunch of FanDuel lineups for the Bears-Cowboys game on Thursday night. We won. To... Yeah, good job. I did not have that success on 
Monday. Uh, I had Tyler Lockett in my lineup, but that's okay. Still fun to just keep on playing fantasy football. A lot of fun to do it, and you do it on FanDuel, and it's just a blast. You make great lineups. You get players on your teams that you don't usually have, um, and we've been doing really well. So just listen to uh, our advice. We're going to have specific DFS episodes, I think, coming up to see how they go, and maybe we'll you know keep it going next year. We'll see. Um, but uh, FanDuel.com slash FFT, okay? FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sign up there. Make a $20 deposit and get $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. All right, our third game today is the Bills and the Ravens. Uh, for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, stardom. Mark Ingram, stardom, but Dave, you're a little cautious on Ingram. I see you have him 18th in non-PPR, 19th in PPR. Yeah, just wish he had a little bit more work from week to week. That's yeah, it. I, I think in PPR, it's kind of interesting with Mark Ingram. I mean, are there some wide receivers that you'd like? Devontae Parker or Mark Ingram? Parker. Uh, Jamison Crowder or Mark Ingram? I will go with Ingram over Crowder. Okay. Let's but I'll tell you what, like in my flex rankings, more. they're five spots apart. Seattle wide receiver or Mark Ingram in PPR? Uh, I've got Mark Ingram ahead of Seattle wide receiver. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, I like the setup for Ingram this week. I mean, Buffalo's Achilles heel of their defense is, is their run defense. And so we've seen in their tough games for Baltimore, they've leaned on Ingram more so than not. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for him to have one of his better performances. How many touches do you think he can get to? I think it'll be 15 more. Mark Andrews. Now, I've had trouble finding defenses that are legitimately good against tight ends because I find some that rank well against tight ends but haven't really been uh, tested. The Bills might be that team. So what do you do with Mark Andrews this week? The problem is that the Ravens use three tight ends, and they use them on a pretty regular basis. So I'm curious to see how the Bills are going to try and attack those guys plus Marquise Brown. Because you figure Tredavious White, they assign him to Marquise Brown and they take their chances there. If it's going to be somebody like Tremaine Edmonds up against Andrews, I, I think it hurts Andrews. I think it makes him uh, tough to trust. You'll probably still start him, but he's not a top five type of fantasy tight end. He's, he's not to a top 12. 12 guy for me. He's out of your top 12. Yep, I start Higby over him. I start Gusecki over him. I start the two guys coming back from injury and, and Hooper and Ingram over him. I'd start Rudolph over him if uh, if Thielen's still out. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, He's had three stinkers in his last six and three games that have been really good. Targets have been so low, and the pass attempts have really gone down. Lamar Jackson was throwing more at the beginning of the year, and now he's really running more. Uh, not that he wasn't running at the beginning of the year, but he's just not throwing as much. So I, I know I mentioned start Lamar Jackson. I don't think I said he's the number one quarterback. I just want to throw that out there for everybody. We have number one. Uh, all right, so you could get away from Mark Andrews. Not that he's a, an outright sit, but there are some options there, at least the way Jamie sees it. Dave's going to be a little higher on Mark Andrews. Marquise Brown yeah, is a I, sit. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't think either either tight end, like if it's between Andrews, Gasecki, Higby, all those guys, I, I don't think any of them can hurt you bad. It's just varying degrees of how much they'll help you. They all seem to have a safe floor. Okay. And for the Bills, Josh Allen, starter sit. Sit. I kind of want to start him because he's been fun to watch and he's playing well and he's he's just you know showed up against Dallas and he's he's been good. But I, I can find twelve quarterbacks I'd rather go with. Can you find fifteen quarterbacks you'd rather go with? Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. Like I, I've got Fitzpatrick ahead of him, so yeah. 
So, you know, it's Fitzpatrick, it's Tannehill, it's Darnold. Are they all ahead of Josh Allen? Yep. Yeah. I have to decide between Allen and Dalton. And uh, it's a four-point per passing touchdown league. I might Four points, it's easy to go Allen. Yeah, I, I think I might, I might disagree there. It is easy to go Allen. But Adam doesn't always take the easy way out. Adam likes to lose. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. All right, but you, you should sit Josh Allen if you can. Devin Singletary, <clears throat> starter sit. Uh, low end starter. I agree. I think that this is uh, this is one of the reasons why I can't be more excited about Josh Allen because I think Buffalo will fancy themselves as a team that can run the ball just as well as Baltimore can. And I think that's what they try and do is own the clock, control the pace of the game, run the ball with Singletary, with Gore, and with Josh Allen too. But I think Singletary gets a lot of work. I think they really put him to test against Baltimore's defense. Jamie, how do you feel about John Brown and Cole Beasley? Uh, number three receivers. Um, John Brown was on our show yesterday on Fantasy Football Today, so it was uh, it was cool to talk to him. Um, what did he say? He he told you that he thought the game was going to be a he field said, goal. Yep. Fest? I said, give me a prediction for the game. He said uh, for his numbers and for the game. He said, I can't I can't tell you about my my numbers, but I think it'll be a close game. It'll be come it'll come down to a field goal. And remember, he's played for both these teams, so he played for Baltimore last year. Right. Um. I think that they're, you know, the targets have been troubling for Brown the last two weeks. Uh, you know, he had the, the the beautiful touchdown catch against Chris Harris two games ago that saved his numbers. And then he had the touchdown pass that saved his numbers. So he's been productive if you want to hang your hat on that. And that's a nice thing with the hope that the targets come back up. So you've seen what his floor is in PPR for the majority of the season. He's been basically 50 yards every game. Um, so I think he'll get you, you know, 10, 11 PPR points. So he, you you can feel safe about that. The problem is, is will he score against the secondary? And it's a great secondary. So um, I don't love the setup for him, but I don't think he's an outright sit. And Beasley's been playing very well, uh, really all season as well. But uh, again, you know, tough secondary. And will he have the same success like we saw last week? So both guys are, are, are in that number three range with Beasley clearly better in PPR than he is in non-PPR. Okay, Chark or Brown? Chark. I would go Chark in non-PPR, Brown in PPR. Okay. And uh, finally, starter sit the DSTs in this game. I would start the Ravens, sit the Bills. Ravens or Packers? Packers. Packers. Ravens or Eagles? Eagles. Uh, Eagles. That's our next game. Giants and Eagles. I got to tell you, I think the Giants give us some of the most difficult start or sit decisions of the week. Because there are so many of them now that are fantasy relevant, mm-hmm. assuming everyone plays. And because Saquon Barkley has been junk for six straight games since coming back. I mean, in terms of running the ball anyway. And now he's facing one of the best run defenses in football. So, like last week, Saquon actually had a decent yards per carry. But it was much lower than what the Packers give up on the year. So, it was disappointing. Um, so, anyway, uh, I think it's I think it's really tough here. And... Let's start with the Giants. Eli Manning is outside the top 20. So, you know, forget him. Uh, Saquon Barkley. How do you feel about him, Dave? In non-PPR, I've got him ranked 13th. I can find 12 running backs that I'd rather start ahead of him. and includes guys like Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, and Aaron Jones. Cool. And in PPR, you like him more because he's 
should catch passes. He can but, catch a few more passes. Sure. Yeah, I I will say that in two games with Eli Manning, he has fewer catches per game. He has uh, three point five catches per game. Seven games with Daniel Jones, four point four catches per game. So I'm not sure about this whole. I wouldn't say I like him much more. I probably like him about the same. He's still not a top 10 type of running back in PPR. I don't see a a huge difference with the quarterbacks helping or hurting Barkley. Um, I I just think you kind of see what the body of work has been since the injury. So he's a number two running back for me in both formats. Like I said, I'd start Freeman over him in both. uh, Devontae, not Royce. And I would start (laughs) Eckler over him in PPR. Not that that's a big surprise because Eckler's been better than him in PPR all season. So. Yeah, I think it's just probably a little more shocking when you hear the names. Dave, you all right? Look like you uh, had like a back issue or something. No, I just I played basketball with teenagers yesterday. I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> How'd you do? Uh, I didn't fall, all right. which is good. But I I did notice that like every time I tried to get a rebound or have a pass thrown, it bounced off my hands, and that used to not happen. So did you get dunked on? Uh, I didn't get dunked on, but we've got some kids on the team who can dunk. That's pretty exciting. Wow. Uh, getting old, getting old sucks, by the way. <laughs> so if you're under the age of forty, Adam, uh-huh. you've got a lot of uh, annoying pain to look forward to. Oh yeah, no, my back's been congratulations me too. But uh, I don't, I don't really have a basketball. I don't have an athletic excuse for that. All right, so uh, I used to enjoy playing basketball with Adam because it was. Uh, it, did did we, you dunk on him? No, no, I can't dunk. He but we, we would. Uh, we would have a lot of a lot of fun. So, I I would say I was pretty scrappy. Would you agree? I played hard. Yeah, yeah I hustled. Yeah, I hustled. No, you're a good player. I did the little things that didn't show up in the box score. I promise you wouldn't know because yes. they don't show up. But I did them. Uh, so like anyway. grab jerseys and step on people's feet. <laughs> I made the extra he's good, pass. He's a good screen setter. I am a very good. So thank you, Jamie. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> so the Giants wide receivers, can you trust any of them? I like Golden Tate. You know, and I think Sterling Shepard's interesting as well. You know, he's got a good track record against the Eagles, three touchdowns in his last five. You look at Tate, it's going to be really interesting because he's never played with Eli Manning. So this is his first time on the field with him. And it's his first time with everybody healthy because you've had Shepard in and out, Ingram in and out. Boy, um, you're really making me Mark. excited to start Golden Tate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 it's an unknown. It's an unknown. I know. But, that's why know, I want to start him. Uh, I, I, I think he's a number three receiver. Yeah, I, I could bump him up to a low end number two in full PPR. I I could too, but we just don't know how the targets are going to be dispersed because we just have not seen all these guys on the field at the same time. And so with Eli Manning, uh, I, with any quarterback, no, no, we did have one healthy. one game week five. They all played against the Vikings. Golden Tate it was his first game. I think he only had three targets. Um, the nobody really did. No, that Barkley well. didn't play in that game. Oh, Barkley, you're including. Okay, you're right. Yeah, of course, you're right. Uh, but the but the three wide receivers and Ingram all did play in that game. That was Daniel Jones really struggling against the Vikings. The good news for the Giants is I don't see a chance that the Eagles don't score a lot of points. So, you know, you should have that going for you if you want to start one of those Giants guys. But none of them are great starts, right? We'll say that. None of them are like, oh. I think they're, they're the, the two main guys, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect Darius Slayton, but the other two guys I just think are, deserve a little bit more credit is Shepard and, and Tate. I'd start them as number three receivers in PPR. You know, it's, it's hard to say that they're must starts just given the unknown of everything. Uh, and then. Yeah, I'm, I'm just way more excited about Tate than Shepard. Okay. And then Evan Ingram, uh, starter set? I'd start him. Depends who you're comparing him to, but you know he's in the same conversation. The the fact that he's in the conversation with Kaseki and Higby shows you that it's not a slam right. Run. But you know I I think for most people that have carried him this entire time, 
Uh, in a matchup, like you said, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the over-under is even at 45 might be a little bit too low. Um, well, I think it'll be high-scoring on one side. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, if I think the Giants, Giants will score points. Up. All right. Yeah, I don't know. They might score field goals. I'm nervous about Ingram. I don't know how how he's going to look playing on a bad foot that sidelined him for a long time. So I almost feel the, the same way about Ingram as you do about Mark Andrews, that I'd rather go with these streaming tight ends that have been playing well lately. Because I feel like I know what they are. I don't know what Evan Ingram is because he's not 100% healthy. And again, playing with all these other components in the offense with Eli Manning as his quarterback. All right, Carson Wentz. You feel the about Austin Hooper? Oh, sorry. I don't, but that's because I think Hooper is a bigger part and more reliable part of the Atlanta offense than than Ingram could be with the Giants at full strength. Plus, Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Eli Manning, I think. True. Carson Wentz is top four. We love Carson Wentz. There's no reason not to love him. But Miles Sanders is interesting because the Giants' run defense has been balling their last three games. I mean, their last four games since they acquired Leonard Williams— Running backs are averaging 3.46 yards per carry. But Zeke was really good. After that, it was uh, it was David Montgomery, it was Le'Veon Bell, and it was Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. and those guys struggled to run the ball. Can Maybe that Eagles you know, offensive line can do what the Cowboys offensive line did and, and clear away, but you tell me, how much do you like Miles Sanders here? I like him a lot. Um, you know, he'll, he'll work in the passing game, which is encouraging, and we've seen that against the Giants uh, even last week. The two Packers guys, I think, both had four catches. So that's something I think that will help his outlook. Uh, he said something yesterday, I forget which show it was on, on FFT or here. Um, game script doesn't matter for him. You know, if they're behind, he's going to be involved in a pass game. If they're playing with a lead, it's probably because he had a hand in it. So um, you see now the three games that he's played without Jordan Howard, he's got 11 or more PPR points in both of them. He scored last week on a reception. He probably had a better game against Philadelphia. Carson Wentz airmailed a couple of short area passes to him that could have you know potentially True. led to some, against some more yards. Against the Dolphins, was it? No, it was against the Seahawks. Seahawks. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. What I said, Eagles against yeah, the Seahawks. Um, so you, you know, pulled it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> he um, <laughs> now hurt your back. As long as Jordan Howard is is out, and that's the way it's trending, because you know, I mean, I know you'll update it for the Saturday show, but you know, we won't know that fully until Saturday. Um, it uh, it's it it should be all systems go with Miles Sanders. You should be encouraged about it. All right, let's just wrap up this game here. So. If Alshon Jeffrey is an obvious start, if we were ranking flexes in this game, who would the top two be? Assuming uh, that. Sorry, I forgot about Jeffrey. Barkley. Top three. So, so Barkley's well, a must. I think Sanders the, is a must. Alshon's a must. Who are the next? No, two? but who? But how would you rank? Or Ertz is a must. Yeah, Ertz. Oh, okay. How <laughs> would you rank Barkley, Sanders, and Jeffrey? Is what I'm trying to ask. I would still probably, and I don't know why I feel this way, but I would still probably take Barkley over Sanders. Um, I should probably change that because I feel more encouraged about Sanders. I think they're kind of the same, right? Uh, they're going to play a lot no matter what yeah. the game script is. Yeah. Um, but I think, it just feels, you know... I take, Jeffrey, sorry, I take Jeffrey over both of them. Uh, that's what oh, I was yeah, going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just taking about you know, the, the two running backs. Like I don't know how many people have to decide between Sanders, Barkley, and the third guy, but Barkley may be the odd man out. I guess my point was Jeffrey Barkley and Sanders are on another level compared to Tate Shepard, right? So and Slate, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And then the, the Giants, the Giants guys are all flex options. I mean, you know, again, I, I certainly understand Dave's optimism on Golden Tate, and hopefully he does play well. But you know, this could be a Shepard game. It could be a Darius Slayton game for all we know. You know, just we don't know how Eli Manning is going to lean on these guys. And if he's been the scout team quarterback, who's he been throwing the most to? Not yet. 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, so uh, start. I mean, none of them have been healthy, so it's not right. any of those guys. It makes me want to run to the hills now on the Giants receivers. Dallas Goddard or Evan Ingram? Ingram. Ingram. Okay. Uh, all right. Dallas Goddard or Kyle Rudolph if Thielen plays? Goddard. Goddard. Philadelphia's DST top 10. Number two for Dave. All right, Detroit at Minnesota. Your stat of the game. You want to start Kirk Cousins? You should. Only Dwayne Haskins uh, in their last eight games. Dwayne Haskins is the only quarterback to score less than 22 points against Detroit. So start Cousins. Uh, Cousins or Rodgers this week? Rodgers. A.A. Ron. But I could certainly see Cousins being better. I've been asked Mahomes or Cousins at least six times in radio spots this week. So there are people who aren't sure. It's Mahomes because I think there's just way more upside with him than there is with Cousins. But I I get why they're saying that because Cousins has been playing really well. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, Cousins. You know, each each time we're ready to write off Cousins because he's got a tough matchup. He comes through. And now here's an easy one at home. And if if what Mike Zimmer said is is true, I don't think Adam Thielen is going to have a great game just because of the scare of the hamstring and and you know recurrence of a, a potential setback. But if he does have Thielen on the field, as we saw, that was the game where he got hurt. He had him for a big touchdown, and then Thielen left the game. You know, so it's just another added weapon to an, an already uh, you know pretty potent offense, um, just from the production standpoint. And if they can't run the ball, because if Cook is limited, and let's just say Madison doesn't come in and have success. And it's falling on Cousins, and this is the spot where he always thrives. Day game, at home, terrible opponent. And so while he's played well in the tough spots, you know, this is a game where I think you hope he bounces back and has a monster performance like we saw in that Week 7 game in Detroit. What's the chance he has a game like he had against Washington at home, where it's kind of the same thing, easy opponent at home, but he didn't have great fantasy numbers? That's easy. A poss- easily a possibility because yeah. of Kirk Cousins. You know, so it's right. just the things you're taking into account when you factor in how he's performing. But, you know, prior to last week, he was um, at the tail end of it, but he was in the MVP conversation. Uh, he's having a very good year. And start so him. hopefully he continues for, for those you want to start. Absolutely, yeah. And he played great in that game against Washington, just didn't score a touchdown. Okay, so how about this? Let's say Adam Thielen plays. How would you rank the four main wide receivers in this game? Two for Detroit, two for Minnesota. Uh, the two Minnesota guys over the two Detroit guys. All I know is Marvin Jones would be for sure last. Yeah, okay. I would start the two Minnesota guys. Galladay's a high-end number three for me. And then Jones is, uh, like Dave said, he's the last one. I think I'd end up going Diggs, Galladay, Thielen, Marvin. Yeah, Diggs has been pretty disappointing in like four of his last five games. It was nice that he had the targets last week, but do you still consider him a must-start? And he was certainly not a must-start when Thielen was healthy, not even close. He he is the classic FOMO receiver. <laughs> yeah, he does have some big games. You don't want those on your bench. Yep. So uh, Kenny Galladay or a jo- – Dave, you're pretty high on Kenny Galladay. I want you to talk about I him. I am. Yeah. Go ahead. He's – I I think the Lions are going to be trailing from this game. I think that their targets are going to be distributed a little bit tighter now because there's no Hawkinson. Hawkinson was taking a decent amount of targets. I think you're going to see Galladay and Jones get a bunch. And Blau knows better. And you saw it early in the game against Chicago. Look deep for Kenny Galladay. Hope he comes down with the the ball and uh, score points and keep a job in the National Football League for four years. The only problem I have is 5-4-5. Those are a target. 
Yeah. Last so, three games. His last three games, you know, and it was one catch, four catches, four catches. And so while he was awesome and, you know, you can't take away the production, he had 158 yards and a touchdown against the Bears. You just wonder if it's the same same exact thing, four targets the week before and those 10 PPR points or worse, the six non PPR points or even the step further game five against that uh, game 11 against Dallas week 11 against Dallas one catch for 34 yards. It could happen. You know, Matthew Stafford is clearly a difference maker in this offense for what these two quarterbacks are or have been. I'm very happy that the one league I have Galladay in, I'm, well, the one remaining league, I'm on a bye. I don't have to stress over Same. this decision. Same. And you <laughs> know the nice thing does. about it is? You know they get week 15? Uh, no. Tampa Bay. Ah, okay, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Um, all right, so let's talk about Bo Scarborough real quick, and we'll wrap up on this game here. Uh, Bo Scarborough's getting a lot of work. He's doing pretty well. He's faced some good run defenses and actually, you know, looked solid here. So starter Sid Bo Scarborough. Is it weird that I don't hate him in non-PPR? No. That I think he can come through. And I'm just going to go back to what I said about the Vikings defense. They played 75 snaps on Monday. Now they're turning around to play against Detroit. He's getting a lot of work. Wouldn't surprise me if he found the end zone. So if you're, you got to be pretty thin at running back to go with Bo Scarborough. And I think he's just priced a little too high to use in DFS because he doesn't catch the ball, and, and that's a huge part of DFS. But I think he can be okay as a, as a oh, crap, I'm stuck starting running back this week. You know exactly who he is. If he does not score, your team is not going to be very good. And we've had three games now of one touchdown, one game where he had 90 yards rushing, and he fumbled, and then he had the 80 yards rushing last week. Yeah, so, eight, eight uh, fantasy nice... points in non-PPR. What does that do? But, but what if they get blown out? That's my concern. If they get blown out because well, the, they've stayed in the they, game, then it's over. Yeah. I, I think if I heard it correctly, they've had a lead in 11 of their games this year. I, so yeah, they I usually know. get off. I, th- I think they're going to I think they're gonna hang with them. That's usually, another reason why I'm kind of a fan of Galladay this week. They usually get off to a good... Well, I thought you just said that you like Galladay because they'd be chasing points. No, I think they're... You, okay. just, you just said that, though. Like a competitive game. They're, I don't think they're going to win this game, and I don't if, think they're going to have a lead. I think they're going to be close. If they're playing with the lead, there's no way Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel are saying, all right, David Blau, go out and throw the ball because the run game hasn't been working. Okay, so if they're trailing by 7-10 to 10 throughout the game, they're not going to do that? I think they'll be a little bit more balanced than I, they're getting blown out. I don't think that this could be, and, and I could be wrong, the Lions could come in and win this game. I don't think you're going to get a big game from one of the two receivers and a big game from Bo Scarborough. I Define just, a big guys, game for Bo Scarborough. So... Uh, 10 points. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like, I don't think that's going to happen. That's kind of close to the ceiling for him. All right, guys, we have four games left, and uh, we got we to gotta get moving here. So, sorry, listeners. I know you don't like when I do that, but we'll be here till Saturday. Um, Kyle Rudolph, would you start him if Adam Thielen plays? I don't think so, but, you know, it's it. Th- this is going to be a, a really interesting scenario because has he worked his way enough into the game plan that, oh, we forgot that we have this Pro Bowl tight end who can make a lot of plays when he gets targets. Or is it, let's just feature the two top receivers and the top two playmakers in our passing game. So it, it, it's it's really, a, I think, a gut check for your fantasy lineups, depending on what you're going to do. The, the one league where I have Rudolph, he's been replacing Austin Hooper. So I'll probably just go back to Hooper if Thielen plays. That's an easy decision for me to make. It's the other scenarios of Higby versus Rudolph or Gusecki versus Rudolph. And there's probably more upside with those two guys. But it's just a matter of, what the Vikings will do with Rudolph. Because the one thing that you can sort of, you know, look at as a positive for Rudolph is Thielen has not been practicing. So everything that they've been doing to prepare for this game has been the same plays that they've been running for Rudolph. Will those carry over to the game or will it sort of, you know, Stefanski and Kubiak go back to reworking Adam Thielen as the guy 
in the passing game. And you can just look back to how Rudolph did when Thielen was playing in the first half of this year, and he wasn't doing anything. Right, yeah. but will that be the case, though? You don't know. It's a good matchup. I'll say that. The Lions stink against tight ends. They've given up a touchdown to a tight end in five of their last seven games. Start the Vikings DST. All right, Colts at Buccaneers. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a sit. Heat's got him 16th. That's the highest for the, the three of them. Uh, 19th not ranked and 16th for Jacoby Brissett. Just pretty much want to avoid the uh, Colts running backs and see what happens this week. If you're desperate in full PPR, Naheem Hines is an option. Well, I mean, is he better than Marlon Mack? I mean, if Marlon Mack's healthy, is it is no? He's not. Mack is the only one I would play. I'd take Mack over Hines in PPR too. Okay, okay. If you're desperate, he's probably on your waiver wire. Um. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty desperate there. Uh, <laughs> Zach Pascal, baby. What do we think about him? Zach Pascal or Kenneth Galladay? Pascal, much more upside with him. Galladay, but I like Pascal too. What do you make of the fact that the last two games, not that the, the Bucks have been good against wide receivers, but they've been good against the number one wide receivers. Julio Jones had five for 68, and DJ Chark had two for 47. Was the other guys, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, D.D. Westbrook, that did well. Does that bother you at all with uh, Pascal? No. Okay, good. You're looking at a receiving core of Pascal, Marcus Johnson, and Paris Campbell. And there's talent there. All three guys have some good qualities. But I think Pascal's the number one. I really enjoyed watching his film from last week. He was running real quick and getting open, crossing the field. And I think he's going to continue to have to do that for Indianapolis. Uh, just before, well, I guess I'll let you finish the game. There's one more note on the Minnesota game. Okay. Jack Doyle is top six in both formats. So start him. You can start him over Austin Hooper. You can start him over. Jared Cook, you can start him over Mark Andrews. We, there's no reason why he shouldn't have a good game. Uh, Bucks give up the second most points to uh, to tight ends. He plays tight end. Jameis Winston, you guys have him top ten. Pretty interesting here. Um, yeah, tell me why you like Jameis Winston. Because I don't like the running backs for Tampa Bay, and I don't think this is going to be like last week where they're not going to you know, lean on Winston. I think that there's just good potential with him. And I, if Kenny Moore doesn't play in the slot for Indianapolis, I think that's a matchup that matters for Chris Godwin. So I like Godwin better than Evans this week. And I think Winston will find him for at least one touchdown. And you just look at the body of work for Jameis. I mean, it's, you know, essentially he walks on the field and is 300 yards. And so it's just a matter of what happens along with that. How many turnovers, how many touchdowns? Um, I don't think you're going to get both receivers held in check from finding the end zone. And so, it's it's just I don't want to say he's a plug and play at this point for your team because it's clearly not the case with him and the roller coaster that he takes you on every week, but it's just so hard to get away from him. And we're just starting. I know it's been so frustrating with Godwin and Evans, but we're just starting them. You have to. Yep. Same reason why you keep starting Winston. And we're just uh, it's going to be Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. Yes. Can't trust him. Yeah. Can't trust him. Um. I will say this, though. I said this on the show yesterday. I'd rather start Ronald Jones than a 49ers running back. Not me. Look, I can see it. They're going to go back to him, and maybe he gets the work. They, look, a, a Tampa Bay Are running they? back. I, that's, look, a Tampa Bay running back has scored 13 or more non-PPR fantasy points in four of their last five games. So if you guess right, <laughs> you might have a good one. Now, there's not a lot of upside against the uh, Colts, typically. There's only been three running backs that have had huge games. Derrick Henry twice and Austin Eckler. And Eckler did it pretty much all with receiving. Um, but you know, I, nobody wants to start a uh, a Buccaneer, a uh, 49ers running back. Is the moral of the story there? 
or a Tampa Bay running back. Uh, sit OJ Correct. Howard and sit the DSTs. And Jamie, what is your Lions twin? Uh, Lions twins? Yeah, we'll stick with that. Uh, what twins, is your Tigers yes. twins um, note? Uh, apparently, well, Mike Zimmer said that there was a chance for Adam Thielen. He also apparently said there's really no sense to push it for Thielen. So it sounds as if we're probably not going to have Adam Thielen. Once and time. and how long will it take him to come to that conclusion on Dalvin? I mean, for Dalvin, it's just a pain tolerance thing, you know. So if if they feel he's fine, they'll play him and just hope that he doesn't get. I, I to me, it's stupid. You know, I, I, I feel yeah. It, it'd be one thing if they didn't have a capable and even Mike Boone. He's still. You know, somebody that if they needed him could be good. You know, I know CJ Ham's had a little bit of a fumble problem, but if they needed They've him used to get Amir Abdul, a uh, little bit too. yeah, you know, so I, it just doesn't make sense to you know you don't take an opponent easily, and and the Lions could beat them, but it just doesn't make sense to put Dalvin Cook out there if, he, if he's one shot away from missing weeks. Unless he's always going to be one shot away, you know, unless it's like Agreed. it's not going to get but, any better, and then you just okay, but throw him out there. Even so, against the Lions, why would you why would you risk it then? Because we, risk it in a game that matters. Well, I don't know. Well, because these guys want to well, play. That's like, what they do. I guess they you could say play. this game matters too. They all matter. No, oh yeah, this game matters too because they're trying to get seeding in the playoffs. They're trying to win the division. Absolutely. So I shouldn't say this game doesn't matter. This game matters too. Washington at Green Bay. At least it matters for one of these two teams. Pretty easy game. Aaron Rodgers. Look, Aaron Rodgers in good matchups. He's just great. And while Washington hasn't given up a lot of fantasy points lately, they're not good against the pass. So there's that. Um, is Aaron Jones a tough call for you this week? Yeah. Not that you're <laughs> benching him, but yeah. Uh, would you bench him for Miles Sanders? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I'm not unless if Jamal Williams is out, then I'll love Aaron Jones. Yeah. Would you bench? Would you start Austin Eckler or Aaron Jones? I never thought I'd say this, but Devontae Adams has ruined Aaron Jones. Is that what's going no, on, or is it Aaron Jones well. and Jamal Williams running well, both. Aaron Jones? It's both. I don't think it's Adams. I think they, they have not thrown the ball to Aaron Jones anywhere close to what they did when Devontae Adams was out. Fine, but he's still not doing an amazing job running the football, and his playing time is pretty close to fifty fifty. With Jamal Williams. So then why is it not a tough call for you? Because I just think Aaron Jones is good, man. He had a touchdown called back last week. He did. That's true. It's it, it, Maybe he's the FOMO running back. He had three almost touchdowns last week. Uh, look, they're, they're going to score They're going to score uh. a lot of points, and he's going to lead the team in carries most likely. So that is so. a good scenario for running backs. Any other wide receivers like McLaurin or Lazard or something like that in this game other than Devontae Adams? Nah. No. Okay, and Green Bay's DST is top five, and I think we're done with it, right? Good? Mm -hmm. Okay, Carolina at Atlanta. No Geist talk? We're not going to talk oh, about crap. Darius Geist? thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, terrible run defense. Darius Geist, Adrian Peterson still split the carries pretty evenly. What do you think about that? They Geist? split first and second downs, and third downs belonged to Chris Thompson last week, which is so frustrating because Geist is clearly the better, the best talent they have. He's had five or more rush yards on 38% of his carries this year. That's pretty. That's a good clip. I, I, I don't trust them to give him more work, though. I just don't think it's going to happen. So he's a flex. Okay. Jamal Williams or Darius Geis? Williams and PPR for sure. I go Williams or both, unless he's hurt. Yeah, if he's hurt, then you, obviously you know what to do. I mean, like playing hurt. Would you start? Yeah, if, he has another, oh. if he has another limited practice, then I don't. I think I might chance it on Geis with Jamal Williams because I think the Packers' run defense is that bad. Would you start Jamal Williams over a Tampa Bay or San Francisco running back? 
Yes. Yep. Okay. And there we go. Now we're done with that game. Carolina at Atlanta. Can you trust either quarterback in this game? Uh, trust yeah. Matt Ryan. Yes, I think Matt Ryan. Trust. Yeah, like if Matt Ryan gets all of his weapons back and has Julio and he has Hooper and Freeman will play, is he just Matt Ryan again? Top five stud quarterback? Maybe not top five this week, but yeah, you know what I, I mean. I feel like having Hooper back is big for him because that can account for one touchdown and between all the other pass catchers he has, that'll bring another one. And uh, I, I, I'd like to think he has a shot at 300 yards, but he's probably going to be closer to 250. So uh, I'm struggling with Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan this week. I'm going Wilson. That's, I can see that. But would you start Kirk Cousins over Matt Ryan? Yep. Yeah. Would you start Ryan or Winston? Winston. I would start Winston. I'm not sure yet. Right now it's Winston. <laughs> if Hooper plays, I'll probably go Ryan over Winston. All right, but look, I mean, that's a top 10 quarterback, so we like him. And Matt Ryan be like, hey, Hooper. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, like how, I like how amused you are over the hey, Hooper drop. Yes, good for me. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, stardom. DJ Moore, stardom. Starter sit, Curtis Samuel. Number three receiver. Yeah, flexible. Flexible, okay. Devontae Freeman. Well, let's stick with the with the uh, Panthers real quick here. Why do you feel about Ian Thomas? He was very good filling in last year. For, I'm glad uh, you brought him up. This this is the fan duel play at tight end if you're going to spend on other positions because they, they're saying they're going to go tight end by committee. This is their pass-catching tight end. And uh, we, saw, we saw it last year that Kyle Allen connected with him, and we saw it last week Kyle Allen got with him for four catches. So I, I kind of like Ian Thomas in DFS this week. Yep. Okay. but Even he's... if you're stuck. You know, the problem is that there's so many tight ends. Right. That's why yeah. I don't think we he's had, worth we going had, with in seasonal. We had one question. Obviously, it, it's a easier to say now, but we had one question on FFT this week about Jason Witten or maybe Jimmy Graham. And Ooh. that was the, the first answer I gave was go find Ian Thomas because mm-hmm. he's got to be available. Yeah. I don't think you should feel bad about your tight end this week. There are enough of them. And, um, okay, let's go to the Falcons now. So, Devontae Freeman, are we really feeling good about him? I mean, Carolina has been really good against pass-catching running backs. Um, only Alvin Kamara, he had nine catches for 48 yards, which isn't great, you know, 48 yards. He's the only one with more than 36 receiving yards against the Panthers. So, this is a strength of theirs. However, their run defense is dreadful. Uh, so, is Devontae Freeman a... Great play. This Must week. start running back. Yeah. Yes, I think we saw. The, you know, the, the first game between these two teams is a good test case of a bad run team versus a bad run defense. Because this was Brian Hill. Let's go. All systems go for Brian Hill, and he was disappointing. Now he had a touchdown that was called back on a holding penalty, and Kaji Allison did find the end zone, so they did at least get one running back into the end zone there. But still, they couldn't run the ball with any level of success. That's been the case all season long. I still think that this is a good chance for Freeman to deliver quality production, whether he scores, gives you good yardage on top of that. It's just this defense is so bad. And now they just fired their coach. So will this be, let's play for the interim guy? Will this be, we are uh, ticked off and annoyed because we like Ron Rivera. Everybody loves Ron Rivera. Um, or will this be, let's just get the hell out of the season. Or will already. it be, let's just get the hell out of the season already. So that's, you know, you got to wonder where the mentality is for the Panthers guys. But I think Freeman, and the same for the Falcons. I mean, you know, they're playing out the string too. But I just think Freeman's got a good uh, enough opportunity based on what his touches have been when he's been healthy. And he, it's the same thing with Robert Woods and Mike Williams. At some point, these guys are going to find the end zone and doing what they do. And William, you know, Freeman hasn't scored since 2017. 
He hasn't found the end zone since a rushing the last two seasons. A rushing touchdown right. the last two seasons. Uh, and one more thing. Carolina's without Don Terry Poe. They had him, I believe, for the game against Atlanta. They, I don't think they're going to have Gerald McCoy. He's been out of practice. Yeah, he, was, he was limited, though. I would just look that up because he was limited yesterday. They started the season okay. with three good defensive tackles. They might have zero. And now they're down to right? one. And they'll have one. one. Um, the, the wide receivers. Okay, Julio, everyone's going to start Julio, right? But... You know, it, Calvin Ridley has really benefited from the absence of Austin Hooper, I think. So if Julio and Hooper play, is Calvin Ridley still a must-start? Uh, probably not a must-start, but you'd probably still start him. I mean, he had some pretty great games last year when everybody was healthy. So Low-end number two receiver. Yeah, his, his value is clearly downgraded. And Russell Gage? Who? I mean, almost... Uh, He's Sanu. You, you know... Yeah, but you know he He's was the new Sanu. He he, he did a good job when when everybody was out, so right, right, it's hard to trust him. Yeah, I agree. Guy. That's why I'm acting like I don't know who he is. All right. <laughs> Uh, Austin Hooper start him. He's top eight, but he's not, you know, where he'd normally be because he was the number one tight end in fantasy. He is still on a per game basis, the number one tight end in fantasy this season on pace for 1100 yards, almost 1100 yards, hundred catches and 11 touchdowns. That's his 16 game pace. I'm going to give you one and a half minutes, 90 seconds to preview Pittsburgh at Arizona. Sit Kyler Murray, sit Devlin Hodges. Who's your favorite running back in this game? Benny Snell. Snell. Drake s- is close in yeah. full PPR. Okay, do you start them? Like, uh, Bo Scarborough is behind them, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, all the 49ers behind them. All the... Uh, oh, I'll take Bucks. Bo over Drake in non-PPR. How about... Uh, how about... Philip Lindsay? Again, or these guys? I'd start Lindsay over... I'd start Snell over Lindsay in, in non-PPR. Same. A running back has scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR in eight of the last ten games against Arizona. All of those successful running backs, except for one, Ronald Jones, had 18 or more carries, which is fairly realistic. I'd say 16 or more for Benny Snell. Well, he had 16 last week. He had 21 the week before. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's another stat. Tell me if it matters to you because James Washington's interesting. 18 wide receivers have had six or more targets against the Cardinals. 16 of them. Have had either 80 <laughs> yards or a touchdown. That's crazy. They've I don't know if he'll get six most, targets, though. <laughs> I don't know if he will either, but Arizona's given up the most 20-plus yard plays through the air yeah. mm-hmm. in the National Football League. They're giving up over 300 passing yards per game. And James Washington is 4-for-4 four four on deep balls from Devlin Hodges this year. Woo. He hasn't dropped one. He hasn't. They haven't been off target. They are connected. That will continue. Perfect rate. For the whole season? Or just through the game against Arizona. Because I can believe it for the game against maybe, Arizona. Yeah. Maybe so. But not the whole season. So we've talked about Shepard and Tate and Chark and Mike Williams and all these guys. Where's Washington with them? He's very close to the top of that list. In PPR, I think it's easy to go with Chark and, and Golden Tate ahead of him. Jamie, how should I feel about Vance McDonald? It's It's tough because there's so many good tight ends this week. But I think he's a very good DFS play. The problem is he's priced as if he's playing the Cardinals. So yes. they've they they've <laughs> increased his his value. Um, Fanduel has increased his value um, for his matchup. So that makes it a little bit more challenging. But I, I mean, if if there is a certainty in fantasy football, it's tight end versus Cardinal. He, Cardinals. Um, Devlin Hodges. I think a lot of people him, are going to do that though. 
he's the yeah. he's the one that you know that that you feel will debunk that. Also, so I'll sum I, it up I, I, in terms of the rankings. I'm sorry, I'll sum it up. So you guys have Higby, you have uh, you have yeah, Kasicki, yeah, yeah. you have Ryan Griffin ahead of him. You have Jacob Hollister ahead of him. And Devin Hodges just doesn't throw to Vance McDonald. The target. Yeah, he's eighteen hundred more on FanDuel than Ian Thomas. I'd rather start Thomas. If you tell me on um, on Monday that James Washington, ha- that Vance McDonald had two touchdowns, I would not be shocked. No. If you told me he had one catch for no yards, I would not be shocked. You know, it's it's there, there's so many variables with him, but it's just it it's been tried and true for fourteen weeks. Starter sit thirteen the weeks. Cardinals wide receivers. Sit. I'd sit him. I prefer Fitzgerald over Kirk at this point. Yep. Pittsburgh's DST is a must start. They're number one, I think, for Dave and Jamie, number six for Heath. All right. Woo! The marathon is over. Gotta take it like an ice bath now, right? Because I just ran a marathon. You get it. We're done. We'll talk to you tomorrow with a mailbag. Also, watch HQ today. Listen to our radio. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.